Hey everyone, welcome to Cigars and Syndication, where we're passionate about real estate and cigars. Um, today we're going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the 2023 housing market and predictions and, and how the interest rate and uh, all this all ties together and, and impacts different uh, different market segments uh, in the housing industry. Um, today we're going to be smoking this My Father, and uh, I'm sitting here with my co-host Jay Noir, uh, CEO of Albany Park Capital. Uh, what do you think about this smoke so far? Uh, thanks, Robbie. Um, this is uh, this is my father, La Apulencia. Uh, it is uh, it's a little spicy at the start. Uh, I got a little bit of oak, a little creaminess, but a lot of oak, a lot of spice. Very good. I mean, my father just does a great job of of every cigar that I've pretty much had. Um, but as we get through it, we'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Man, you hit it. I think you hit the nail on the head. It really is a, a really spicy, creamy uh, cigar so far. I'm really enjoying it. So, Robbie, um, everybody wants to know what the predictions are. Um, they want to know what's going to happen in 2023. And, you know, nobody really has a crystal ball. Everybody makes guesses based on the information at hand, uh, their value system, the information, their experience levels. Um, and you know, we, we will, we will make our guesses, uh, just as well. Uh, you know, nobody's got a crystal ball. Nobody knows really what's going to happen in 2023. We hope, um, nothing tragic happens, uh, nothing crazy like COVID shutdowns, uh, or any, you know, large scale, uh, wars or anything like that. But barring any of that, uh, you know, the, the market is looking a little bit different than it was last year. Um, you know, we know that when the interest rates were low, the housing market was the greatest beneficiary of that, uh, low, low interest rates meant, you know, everybody was able to buy houses. And now with the increase in interest rates, you know, uh, given the same circumstances, a a 30 year mortgage with a 20% down is 52% higher now than it was in 20, in 2019. Yeah, the the interest rates really seem to be the driver here, and and the market correction, and and how long it's going to take to to get us where the Feds feel comfortable, you know, starting to slow the increase down, and even even reversing it at some point, uh, to hopefully re-energize the, the housing market. In in the meantime, though, there's other there's other markets that are affected by this, and and the slowdown in housing because of the interest rates, it it's helped some other markets too. Now, here's the thing: I've read a lot of data. And some of the data shows that um, existing home sales are not selling as well right now. And you can't blame, you know, the the sellers, right? Uh, they have a lot of things to consider. One of them is, well, if they sell the house now, they have to buy another house. Interest rates will be higher. Do you think that the the housing pricing is inversely related to the interest rates? It used to be. Historically, it always was. But... This is a very odd phenomenon that we're having this time around uh, in this upcoming recession, which there's no doubt there's going to be a recession. I think every economist, every CEO, everybody's predicting one by the middle of 2023. But this inflationary period, let's start with that. This inflationary period, uh, normally what happens is that interest rates are inversely proportionate to uh, housing the cost of housing. So as interest rates go up, price of of houses go down, mainly because there's less demand. If there's less demand and supply is the same, prices have to come down. However, there is a problem 
that started back in 2008 with this housing market, which is there's not as much development. So the, so definitely, the you know, you hear it repeatedly that there's definitely a deficit in, in housing uh, to meet the demand. And, and I think that that directly in, uh, impacts, uh, you know, all of the, the really good times everybody's had over the last four or five years. But I think moving forward, I think that that demand is still going to be there and maybe that's why the prices haven't fallen as much as uh, I personally thought they would have fallen more. But it doesn't seem like they're going to drop as much as I anticipated. Right. And, and you know what it is, is that unlike 2008, uh, most people have good 30-year fixed rates that are under 3%. I have a 30-year fixed rate under 3%. I'm not going to go and sell it, sell my house, um, and then move into a, what is it, 7 and a quarter, 7 and eighth percent mortgage today double my interest rate. Now, I would do that, but I want more money for my house then. And so the inverse proportionality of interest rates going up and pricing going down is not working as well. Also, uh, the the job market is also starting to tighten. And I think a lot of people are thinking, hey, you know what? I don't want to get fired. I don't want to start a new job. I don't want to move to a new location and then maybe lose my job if the recession hits in the middle of the year. So I'm going to just stay where I am and hope for the best. You know, in the, in the, the conditions that we've been in uh, with the housing market, I mean, it really was a seller's market for so long. I, I believe all the pricing was very aggressive. Uh, you know, in some cases, some markets had 20% plus escalation in property value a year. Um, and it doesn't seem like the the truing up of the is is happening like a lot of people in the industry thought. You know that being said, um, how do you think this impacts the the multifamily? Uh, well, you know, I I was just reading a, a report by Marcus and Milchap, and I wrote about it in in one of the articles that we posted online. Uh, multifamily is faring much much better, and one of the reasons again multifamily is faring better is because. Uh, rents are still lower than mortgages in most places, probably in all places relative to the demographics of that area. Um, and the other interesting thing with multifamily is that um, uh, the high-end Class A multifamily is is becoming more and more in demand. It seems like people who uh, possibly can't afford a mortgage uh, – are willing to pay more for high-end multifamily apartments rather than move into homes. Yeah, and I know it varies from market to market. And, and you know, we are participating in the Houston and surrounding uh, areas market. And it really seems to be a really good, strong market here still um, and a still high demand for, for multifamily homes. Yeah, high, uh, multifamily is in demand pretty much in every market right now. Um, now, I was reading that uh, housing... Uh, Single-family home prices have dropped more on the West Coast. Uh, But again, that is a function of they jumped up very high, now they're dropping. Um, But it's all relative, right? Uh, Now, let me tell you a story. In 1991, and my parents are immigrants, right? So we lived in apartments all of my life, pretty much until I was 21. In 1991, my parents saved up money and bought their first house. Guess what the mortgage, what the interest rate was? I have no idea. Nine, 12%. Nine and a half percent. Nine and a half. 
and they were happy. They were happy to get nine and a half percent. They put 20% down. They were happy to get nine and a half percent because the year before that and the year before that rates were at like 10, 10 and a half, 11. And so it's all relative, right? People who had mortgages at nine and a half percent, well, you know, the world didn't stop. The economy didn't shut down. We kept going. People had to tighten their belts because inflation was high uh, at that time. Uh, mortgage rates were high. Uh, but, you know, it keeps going and, and you know, people st- are still buying homes. Uh, it's just that, uh, you know, a 52% increase in, in your monthly payment, you know, most people are going to get knocked out of the market and that's where multifamily comes in. People need a place to, to live. So kind of, kind of everybody's just gonna gonna hold hold fast for a little bit and maybe try to save more money for larger down payments, trying to you know improve their their home situation, trying to 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 get a nicer home. Uh, so they may be in multifamilies longer, or they may just stay in their current home longer until they can afford what in their mind is a move up. Absolutely. Now the one exception to uh, the pricing of the houses is new construction. Because the seller is the general contractor, he's not worried about, oh, I need to move out of this house at a 3% mortgage and move into a 7% mortgage house. He's going to sell it to you based on market demand. Uh, Of course, you know, some of the costing had gone up. A lot of that material costing is coming down now for single family homes. Uh, But because carrying costs for general contractors to be able to get the loans and build the houses are now higher as a result of interest rates being higher. Those home prices will go up a little bit in the short term, but I think that in the medium term and in the long term, they're going to start dropping again because general contractors, uh, you know, developers are still, they still have to build houses. We still need those houses. There's still a big demand for those houses. Uh, and while we are waiting for existing homeowners to decide to sell, the, the developers are the, the only ones that are actually going to be selling. Well, what have you been, what have you been reading and, and maybe in some of your, uh, your peer groups, what are you seeing with what everybody's opinion on when, when do the Fed stop raising the rate? When does this thing top out and, and maybe even go back down? So, you know, there are a lot of different factors in this. And one of them uh, and you, you can see how the stock market reacts, right? Every time the stock market falls is because the anticipation is that the Fed will not stop, uh, raising interest rates. Um, you know, the unemployment report came out. Jobs are better per the Bureau of La- uh, Labor Statistics. The, you know, there were more jobs. Uh, there's about, as of October, there's about 10 million jobs that are still open. And about 6 million people looking for jobs. So there's still a lot of jobs out there. Um, but, uh, you know, if unemployment starts increasing right now, it's, I think it's at three and a half percent. If it starts going to four, four and a half, the Fed will start slowing down. Uh, so all indications are, uh, we are probably going to hit a recession by the, by the middle of this year. And the housing market is not going to see a, uh, a turnaround, uh, until the end of 2023 or the beginning of 2024. Well, I hate to to stop talking business for a minute, but I was going to kind of draw some attention back to this. My father, um, really, um, really solid smoke. Um, it does continue to be very creamy. And, and as I get a little further down there, I'm getting some hints of cocoa and chocolate. Um, what are you feeling about this one? I still, uh, yeah, it is. It's really mellowed out. The spices, uh, 
kind of in the back now instead of up front. And uh, I'm getting some, I'm still getting a little bit of an oak, but I am getting some cocoa. Uh, I'm getting some, uh, some nut, a little bit of a nut flavor. But yeah, I'm, you know, it's mellowing out and I'm really enjoying this. And, you know, don't ever, you know, I mean, stopping business for cigars is perfectly fine. I'm actually only here for the cigars. I'm really not here for the business portion. And I kind of skipped over earlier. This, this is a, um, it's a Nicaraguan binder and filler with a Mexican wrapper um, made by my father. Really, really good smoke. I, I'd recommend picking one up if you, if you see it on the shelf. And this is a Robusto, which is a five and a quarter inch by 52 ring. Very nice smoke. I, I, you know, my father just does a great job with pretty much, I don't think I've ever had a bad My Father cigar. Yeah, it's a really good smoke. It is. Um, well, back back to business a little bit. Um, how does all of this relate to the rental rate? And does it does it hold steady? Does it increase? Does it decrease? I'm sure some of these uh, businesses that, that have these multifamily units, I mean, they have incurred costs. Are they able to to cover these in, in in small incremental increases, or are they also taking a, a hit with uh, with this higher interest rate? So, for most commercial uh, multifamily, um, if you, unless you go with a government backed loan, you have what's called a five year reset. So you have a five year loan, and after five years, it resets to the newer higher interest rate. So as interest rates go up, most likely. Uh, multifamily uh, properties will get hit with a higher interest rate. Uh, in addition, um, material and labor prices really more than material. Labor prices are higher, so you know, being in the construction field, we're finding that uh, all of the labor, the trades that we get, whether it's air conditioning, whether it's electrical, whether it's drywall, everybody wants more money now, and so eventually that's going to come down to the bottom line and start raising rents as well. But, you know, rents can only go up so high, right? Um, people have, have uh, workers have had increases in their salaries. There's no doubt, 5 8% increases. But inflation's at 10%. So, you know, they're still behind. And, you know, with rents going up, I, th- I don't think rents will go up uh, at the pace that they have been, which is 12 or 15%. I think they're going to go up 2 to 3%, especially in the Houston area. I don't think... Um, uh, a lot of areas will be able to sustain rents higher than 3%. And that's one of the reasons, regardless of what the what the market says, we underwrite our rents at 3% increases because that's the conservative way to do it. Yeah, I know we've, we've uh, had some discussions with people that uh, are in markets that were, were probably hotter than than the Houston market, and, and they projected and, and underwrote some really aggressive numbers um, for their rate increases year over year. Yeah, I, I was told 15 and 20% year over year because that's what the trend was. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, somebody who has uh, a job or, you know, a family who has uh, income coming in can only afford so much rent. Uh, before they can't afford it anymore, and then they have to move down to the uh, next level of property from a class A to a B or to, to C. Or, you know, you're going to start seeing um, uh, rental houses or built-to-rent communities where, you know, you have a three-bedroom house and you have maybe two families sharing just because rents are getting so high. 
Yeah, that that really goes back to to the article that you posted about this very thing and, and how uh, the average household's credit card debt is higher. Their their food is higher. Their just their general living expenses are higher, and everything's kind of increased for them, impacting what they can spend on on housing. Yeah, I mean, five to eight percent increases in their salaries um, still puts them behind the eight ball when inflation is at ten percent. So you know, um, I think what we're gonna do, we're gonna see is that we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see a tightening of the labor market as we progress. Uh, we're going to see some layoffs. If you see Amazon, Salesforce, read the articles, they're already laying off people. Uh, we're going to see some more layoffs. We're going to see unemployment increase. Uh, as unemployment increases, people will start tightening their belts some more. And that's when the, I think the Fed will come in and at least put a stop to raising interest rates. I don't think they're going to start reducing interest rates till later this year because the Fed always tends to overshoot. They never, you know, they want to do the soft landing, but they never really get the soft landing. It's really a hard increase or a hard landing. Right, right. And that's just like the things that we're feeling today aren't from changes they made in December, increases they made in December. These are from six months ago. That's correct. Um, you know, they 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 tend to, they waited way too long to start increasing rates when I feel like they should have increased to a, a quarter of a point slowly over time instead of instead they went to three quarters of a point and they just kind of you know uh put this jump into the economy and now they're going to you know they're going to pull the reins back really hard and 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 the fed tends to do that but you know there's nothing we can do about that from a from a development standpoint whether it be for single family uh developments in communities or or multifamily communities uh, do you see a tightening of the belts from the lenders and the investors for the for the money to get these projects completed? You know, um, I, I have been reading about a tightening of the belt for uh, single-family homes, and that's one of the reasons that a lot of developers have slowed down because interest rates are higher, lenders are wanting more leverage, they want uh, lenders are wanting more collateral, um, and the terms are a little bit different. But on the multifamily side, I'm not seeing uh, the multifamily development side, at least. Uh, I'm not seeing uh, a big interest rate hike. Now, believe it or not, jumbo, jumbo loans are at four and a half percent right now. So, you know, if you're going to buy a million dollar house, you know, you have really good interest rates coming out right now. But uh, on the multifamily side, uh, the government loans are still doing well for development. You know, they're about five, five and a half percent. Um, but multifamily, existing multifamily, or to try to purchase existing multifamily, what I'm hearing from my peer groups is that the bank wants to come in and retrade. You know, they'll give you a letter of intent and then, or, or they'll give you an approval letter and they'll be like, mm, yeah, well, we want a higher interest rate now, or we want more collateral, or we want a bigger down payment, you know? So for the newer developments on, on multifamily, um, you know, historically or, or in the, in the recent past, we've been seeing, you know, a 20% um, equity position. Is that still the same or is it increasing a little bit more? Yeah. So for the government backed loans, uh, it's about 20%. And, and for on the development side, we're still seeing about 20%. We're seeing good interest rates. And again, you know, when you're doing a, the development of a multifamily, you're looking at three years down, right? Before the, the location is operational. And if we're saying, okay, we're going to get through all of our tailwinds by the end of 2023, 
maybe the middle of 2024, the economy starts picking back up again. Anybody who starts a development right now will be in a very good position to to uh, make uh, good money on that development. Well, kind of just like with uh, with real estate investment, there's a lot of new opportunities and and there's new investors and and all the time it's a, it's a changing uh, it's a changing situation for investors, right? And and how they or where they put their money. Uh, I think that uh, for me, I think asset based uh, investments are are going to be a, a really good sound investment for for 2023. Yeah, historically, um, in a recession, properties don't do well. Uh, but it's usually a good time to buy those properties. If And again, interest rates go up. Uh, if you get a good deal, uh, if you have cash especially, it's a good time to buy asset-based uh, investments. Uh, it's it's not necessarily a good time to sell it. And that, that's why you're seeing a lot of a big decrease in uh, people trying to sell their existing multifamily homes, uh, multifamily properties, or even sellers who want put their multifamilies up for sale are now kind of like, no, nah, we're going to hold on. We're going to hold off right now. We're going to see how the market goes. Um, so in a recessionary time, uh, it's, it's very, it's a good time to buy assets. Uh, not a very good time to sell assets. Uh, and then the stock market you can see is just kind of, you know, dropping, dropping, dropping. But again, there are some good deals in stocks right now. If you look at some of the you know, big companies, Apple, Microsoft, uh, you know, the PE ratios are very low. Might be a good time to buy in stocks too. I mean, I haven't really looked into them uh, uh, personally, but I know the S&P 500 is doing, is, is at a good price right now. Hey guys, I hope everybody enjoyed the, this episode about uh, the 2023 housing predictions. Um, I hope everybody jumps out and gets them a My Father smoke. This is a really good, uh, a really good cigar. I think you'd be really happy with it. Um, for you guys sitting on the sidelines and have never tried a cigar and are wanting to, and are nervous about it, you know, approach, uh, someone smoking a cigar. They love to talk about their knowledge. Um, that's how I kind of got my passion for cigars was, uh, was through Jay. Uh, he shared all his knowledge and, and there's different ways to cut them. There's different ways to light them. There's different shapes, there's different sizes, but, but don't be scared. Jump in, ask a cigar smoker. Uh, and, and I promise you, you'll get more information than you want. Yeah. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we hope you learned something from this episode, you know, like, like Robbie said at the beginning, you know, our, our cigars are our passion, real estate is our passion, and we like to share as much information as we can visit our website at www.albanyparkcapital.com. Hit the resources button. There's a lot of information there and leave us some feedback. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we love to hear from you about the cigar. We love to hear from you about the, uh, the housing market or what you think about it, what your, uh, what your thoughts might be and, uh, have a good evening. Hey, good night guys.